This is an after-school program podcast. Welcome to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast, where we explore what it's like building, running, and working out of a home studio with your hosts, Joshua Matatuck, Andrew Simmons, and many guests in different areas of the music industry. Welcome back, everybody. Tonight, it's just me. Again, third week in the row. Drew and the fam are still doing great. I'm still doing great. Um, been continuing on with my little regimen that I created to uh, help me manage uh, my day-to-day life. It's been working beautifully. I feel great. And today, I wanted to do... like This has been on my mind a lot. I think I mentioned some of this in the past couple of episodes, but, um, today we're going to be talking about getting clients and closing deals and making the process happen. So what I've noticed is there's two things that people run into either one, they don't have a process for onboarding clients or two, the process is way too robust. Um, I've always tried to keep it somewhere in the middle. Um, I found that maybe I was being a little bit overboard with a lot of the stuff that I was doing. So I made some changes. And, um, you know, through my experience, I know Drew's done some stuff. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of feedback from friends because this is a common thing that we talk about. Um, but, yeah. So I think where I'm going to start with this today is just getting clients. That's something that everybody asks. And um, there's kind of like two main groups of clients that you'll have. You're going to have people who know you really well and people who are just talking to you for the first time. Um, The majority of the people I work with, I've had conversations with previously. Um, The majority of the people who I've never talked to, have talked to a friend who has hyped me up and, you know, that's kind of what pushed them to reach out. Um, There's kind of like four main ways and uh, you're looking at social media just from engaging on posts and, um, you know, posting things and starting conversations there. Uh, you're going to have uh, your various forms of content. Technically, this podcast is content, so there's a greater chance that you'll hire me if you're listening to this podcast than if you weren't. Um, you have events, which is kind of off for COVID right now, and then you also have uh, friends. I already talked about that. We could chalk that up as word of mouth. Um, so just going through them in that order, um, John McLucas's episode is great for learning a bit more about like getting people through social media. Um, you know, most of my work is done because of things that I've either posted or people that I've talked to or posts that I've engaged on. Um, I'm not as crazy about the content game as, you know, like, uh, McLucas is or, uh, you know, any of those dudes, but, uh, I definitely try to post the things that I'm really confident in and the things that I really care about. And uh, 
it's something that I should probably be doing a lot more of. But also, I kind of have to be careful with how I'm balancing my time right now. So it seems like I'm just doing enough to stay busy. And that's kind of a comfortable place to be for the time being. Um, whenever you see me posting like crazy and there's new videos going up every day and all that, then you know that that means that your boy finally quit his job. Um, so, yeah, social media and content are very, very similar in the fact that, you know, we're engaging online and all that good stuff. For events, if you're going to places and you're talking to people, like, it's... There's, like, a weird stigma about, like, places like Nashville or L.A. where every time you meet somebody, it's always, we should write sometime. Or, like, yeah, we should work together. And um, don't do that. Just simply meet people, figure out who they are, and that's it. Um, Same with making friends. (laughs) Like, this is all, I feel so silly talking about this, but I've heard a lot of people get super analytical about how you make friends and convert them into paying customers. And it's just like, that's weird. It's creepy. It's fake. Like it's not that hard to just be a decent person and like you get what you give. You know, I've had people who I have hit up for work where I'm like, Hey, you're a great artist. I would love to work with you. And throughout the process, they end up sending me money anyway, even though I told them a hundred percent, like I don't want money. Um, It's just about being a good person. And, you know, there's so many different strategies that you can have. There's so many different, like, ad campaigns that you can do. But at the end of the day, whenever you commoditize, is that the the proper way to say it? Commoditize? I think so. Whenever you commoditize human interaction, it starts to get weird. Like, it's weird enough that we're selling art and we're selling air, like tell people I sell air for a living like once you turn that into something mechanical and robotic it really starts interfering with the quality of work that we do because the more time and energy you put into being a good friend to somebody the more that they're going to want to pay you and then the more that you're going to want to do a great job on the record And I think that that's something that's often overlooked. You know, I'm, I love, you know, marketing and I I, like, if I wasn't doing this, then I would probably be in marketing and uh, you know, something that Seth Godin always talks about is like, I mean, he has a book called tribes. Everybody should read it, but he talks about the idea of having 1000 true fans instead of like millions of people who buy your stuff every once in a while. And it's important to like just focus on building proper relationships, like the good old fashioned way, because it's going to pay off way more in the long run. And it's silly. I even have to have this conversation, but unfortunately that's just, the world that we live in right now. 
there's a lot of people who think that ad campaigns and click funnels are going to build them a career in music. And while it could, you're going to be valued the same way that Spotify is valued or Lander is valued. What's the point in having an entire system built out that just uses our services as something that's as easy to purchase as a book off of Amazon. So that's something to keep in mind whenever you're starting out. Cause it's something I didn't realize at first. I spent a bunch of money on ads, got a ton of work booked up, but then a lot of my clients were canceling. A lot of people didn't want to pay me my full rate. I have so many songs on my hard drives that like people never paid for. Like they paid me a deposit, like hundreds of dollars in deposits and they never paid the rest of the project. Never got the song. Crazy. But like that's what happens whenever you're relying on ads. You're getting those people who might be a little flighty, who have some money to burn. And they're like, yeah, maybe this would be pretty cool. Or you're getting the people who never did it before, um, which is totally cool. Like I've been trying to dial it back on working with new artists, but whenever you find a new artist that really cares that like, passion that they have is really really cool to work with and mold and see you know where the project goes but um yeah you can you could do all of the marketing in the world but if you're not putting the time and effort into being a good person and understanding these people and getting to know them better then you're never going to end up with work that you're happy with because either they're not they're not treating you right or the songs aren't good or you tell them that the songs aren't good and they aren't happy or even worse you tell them that they aren't treating you right and then they get even more mad or whatever like just avoid it altogether um the most successful people i know were simply just good people who put in the time and effort to have great conversations with great people and then they made great art And, um, that's something that I've been focusing on for the past eight, nine months at this point. And it's paid off tremendously for me, um, way more so than any of the Instagram ads ever did. So how should your process go? Um, whenever someone reaches out to you, you need to have a system for that. Social media is easy someone likes your Instagram post, they're either going to comment or they're going to DM you. Same with Facebook, same with Twitter, TikTok, whatever. Um, Some people will say that you should never accept DMs as a good way of communication. Personally, I don't care. I will talk to an artist all day, every day, but I ask that revisions on on bigger projects like if i'm just doing like there's a bunch of artists that i work with where i know that we're on the same page so i'm pretty much just going to have one revision and that's it and so i'll do that all through dms but i'm also sending updates constantly to ensure that i'm on the right track with the project dms make this so much easier because i'm able to send like a quick cell phone video um you know, upload a Dropbox link, whatever, get that feedback, continue on with the project, send them the full thing, 
make a couple adjustments and then it's done. On bigger projects that are gonna have bigger revisions, then I will go ahead and I'll communicate with people through whatever medium that they prefer. And then I just tell them, hey, can you email me the revisions with timestamps? And then that way, there's no way for that to get lost. Um, and it keeps everything nice and tidy. Um, some people are more adamant about that. Some people aren't. It mostly just for me, it depends on how busy I am. So if you don't have anything going on, it's not going to kill you to take an extra two seconds to click on a different app. Um, you know, but if you're turning over tons of projects, then yeah, keep everything in email. Now your contact form, assuming that you have a website, um, you don't need anything crazy. I had an autoresponder set up to actually book a call with me, but I've been getting a bunch of work that doesn't really need a full phone call to like discuss. So today I actually just pulled it off. Um, you just need their name, their email address, and what they need from you. And that's it. Shoot them back like an autoresponder email that just says, hey, thanks for reaching out. I'll get back to you within 48 hours. Da, da, da. And that's it. That's all you need. Um, from there, you're able to go through the form, see what they said, and then get back to them. Typically, even if I'm talking to somebody in a few days, I'll still email them ahead of time and get most of what we're doing ironed out. So then the phone call can be a lot shorter because like they don't really want to be on the phone with you for that long. I just do it as like an intro, like, hey, I'm Josh. This is what I look like. This is what I sound like. This is what we're doing. This is how much it costs, blah, blah, blah. And it's been great. Um, I know a lot of people will like force you to get on the phone and talk for a long time. And it's like, that's cool. But at the end of the day, if, if I have to hop on the phone to talk to somebody and convince them to work with me, then they weren't supposed to work with me in the first place. Your portfolio should be what makes people decide to work with you. Your contact form, your phone call, your fancy proposal None of that actually matters. And like, that's something that I learned through various resources whenever I was starting out. And I spent a lot of time like putting these things together and it was just a waste of time. I remember the first time I hit up uh, a big mixer to work on a track and their contact form was like your name, your email address, your message. So I typed in my message about, oh, we need four songs mixed and mastered. And he literally just hit me back and he was like, Hey Josh, my indie rate's a thousand bucks. Let me know when you could send the stems and I'll send the invoice. And like, that was it. That was it. He works on much bigger records. And it's like, some people will say, well, yeah, like he doesn't need anything crazy because he works, he has the clout or whatever, but that's not what this is about. We're not... I'm sure people will fight me on that, but like, I just don't think it's good business to try to do all these extravagant things to convince people to work with you because what we're selling isn't, you know, I'm not selling software. I'm not selling whatever. I'm selling a piece of art that's going to be around forever and that could make you money forever. 
So I'm not going to try to make it something that it's not, you know? Um, you need to figure out if you're actually able to help these people, by the way. <laughs> I had that written under the email tab I have here. Um, seriously, make sure that you can help people out because taking on projects that you aren't confident in is just going to give you songs that you're not confident in and that the artist isn't confident in. And that's no way to do things. It's a bad, bad time being in that situation. And I've been there. Um, whenever you quote somebody your rate, don't negotiate, just don't do it. It's silly. Like you're not, you're not a mattress. You're not a car. You're a person with time and your time is very limited and you're going to die one day. Okay. We're not negotiating rates in 2021. We're just not doing it. Never. I don't want anybody to hit me up and be like, Hey Josh, do you have any negotiation tactics? Yeah. My negotiation tactic is that we don't negotiate. You quote accordingly for the project and you go from there. In fact, Okay, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but um, quote the rate, and then if you need to make adjustments, just tack on a few hundred dollars extra. <laughs> it's free of charge. <laughs> that was a bad joke. That's such a bad joke. Anyway, um, yeah, don't negotiate. Um, once they're cool with the price and they're ready to go, just send them over the invoice and a brief rundown of when to expect things, how things would be sent, and all that good stuff. Um, also, send a contract if it's something that requ requires a contract. For most of my stuff, I don't even use a contract anymore because I just put in the invoice. This is non-refundable, and you don't own the work until it's completely paid, but they pay upfront most of the time. So... <laughs> If it's a bigger project, make sure you send a proper contract. I'm not going to get into that today, but it's pretty simple. You just need, this is what I'm doing. This is what you're paying. This is when you'll get it. This is when you'll own it. Or this is when you'll own part of it. And that's it. You don't need anything crazy. Um, make sure you send them an invoice that they could pay by card. Like you can send a PayPal invoice and then they could pay it with their PayPal account or with a credit card. Um, I also do Venmo because everybody's on Venmo and they now do business accounts. Um, they aren't FDIC insured, so make sure you don't keep um, a ton of money in there in case of one day Venmo explodes. But yeah, I take payments through Venmo now. It's what the kids like. Got to stay. Got to stay with the times because they are changing. Um, oh, don't start your projects until you get your deposit or your full payment. If it's a one payment situation, just don't do it. You can't be wasting time. Once again, our time's limited. We aren't negotiating and we're not going to start work until that money is in the bag and the bag is secured. Um, what else do I have here? Yeah, just make sure you're sending people frequent updates on, you know, how the project's going. Transparency is everything. 
um, wrap up the project and you're good to go. But the whole point of this is that's a pretty simple organic exchange. Like that's how humans should interact, you know, and you don't need to try to overcomplicate your process in order to try to win people over. Cause I could promise you that if you are good enough and if you have built the rapport, then people will pay you your full rate without hesitation and you shouldn't have to convince people to work with you because if you convince them to, then the odds of, you know, having an unhappy client are multiplied by 10. So, um, yeah, that's essentially everything. I have a few more tips here. This is a pretty short episode, but, um, I have a few more tips here just from like when I was starting off, don't bother with paid advertising as a producer. It's just silly. If you're an artist, absolutely. But, um, just avoid it altogether. Focus on building quality relationships, focusing on putting up content that you care about, that you think other people will care about too. Because remember the content that people see are going to be the content that you're hired for. So only thing I have on YouTube that's worthwhile is this like breakdown of how to make a song like Loathe or like a Mick Gordon kind of like um, production. So like I have a bunch of people hit me up for that and I just turn them down because I'm over it and I don't do that kind of work anymore. So make sure that if you're posting content, it's the kind of content that you want to keep doing. Excuse me. Um, don't overcomplicate like your um, your contact form. Some people need complicated contact forms because they're so busy. But if you're starting out or, you know, I mean, even some of the top guys don't have fancy contact forms. Some of them even have their rates posted on their site. At least the mastering engineers do. Um, but don't overcomplicate how to get in touch with you. That should be the easiest part of all of this. Um, don't overcomplicate your website. You just need, hey, this is me. This is what I do. This is how I can do that for you. And this is how you reach me. Like, don't overcomplicate it. I can't stress that enough. Just make things simple. You should pass the caveman test. Everything should be able to be done by a caveman. He comes in, he goes, ooga, ooga. And then he pays you to produce a song. Um, you also don't need a fancy proposal system, which I think I already mentioned that, but like, you don't need like better proposals or bonsai or anything like that. Cause at the end of the day, people should know how to, how this works. If they don't know how it works, you ask them, you say, Hey, is this your first time working with somebody? They're going to say, yes, it is my first time working with somebody. Then you say, okay, great. Let me run you through how this works. Plus, your process will be included in the email after you get off your phone call, or it'll be in the email getting back to them once they agree on rate, even, you know, if there's no phone call involved. You don't need a crazy proposal system. 
to be honest with you, looking back, if somebody had sent me that, I would just be like, why are there so many pages to read? Why are there so many words? Just how much do you cost? Um, do not go down the CRM rabbit hole. Just don't do it. I think I talked about this like last week or two weeks ago. Don't do it. I spent so much time learning all these CRMs because I'm crazy and like working in sales, I operated off of CRMs forever. So it's kind of ingrained in me, but, um, the best things I found is Trello Trello with the, I think it's called crumble. It's like a, like a muffin logo. Maybe it's a cupcake. I don't know. But uh, they have like a CRM that's free with Trello. It's sick. It's almost identical to Pipedrive minus the communication system in it. Um, or just get Pipedrive. It's 30 bucks a month. It's killer. It does way more than I need it to. But like those are your two options that I'm giving you because I know for a fact you don't need anything else. If you're listening to this podcast. Um <laughs> Another thing to keep in mind is um, you're going to just need to track your projects and then you're also going to need to track your actual like conversations. So a third app I'll mention is called Spike. It's spikenow.com and it is an email client that simplifies everything to look like iMessage and it cleans up your inbox dramatically it keeps all of your conversations with somebody under one thread. And on top of that, it gives you red receipts, which is super, super important if you're in the business of pitching songs to people because a lot of people leave you on red. So highly recommend Spike in combination with Trello or Pipedrive. Um, I kind of want to switch over to Trello just to like do it. Just like... I don't know why not, but pipe drive works too. To be honest with you, I don't spend a ton of time in my CRM because a lot of the projects I've been working on are just super quick turnaround. Like someone will send me the track that day and I'll have it done by the end of the day. So, um, the need just isn't really there, but if you're like scheduling out like studio time or working on productions that might take a while, like, definitely get into the habit of like being adamant about project tracking. Um, like I said, I just haven't had a huge need for it. I have like four longer projects right now and they're very easy to keep track of. But if you're doing anything crazy, definitely have some sort of like timeline system to track what you're doing. Um, and lastly, just be transparent with people. Be honest with them. If you aren't stoked on something, tell them because they're going to tell you. And the only way that you're ever going to make great art is if everybody's 100% honest and voicing their opinion and trying those opinions um, and going from there. Like, just be fun to work with. It's super easy. But a lot of people just don't really uh, get it for some reason. So that's it for today. I appreciate you guys listening to me ramble for like another 20 minutes. And if you have any questions, always hit me up on our socials. Um, I got a new Instagram handle. I can't speak Instagram handle. Uh, it's at Josh Wright songs, all one word. And uh, 
I'm very stoked on that. So thanks again. Next week, we are going to be back with the dynamic duo. You won't have to listen to me talk any longer alone. You're going to have Drew's lovely voice with us, and it is going to be an absolute blast. And that's it for this episode of the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Go check us out on Instagram at Home Studio Hangout. Give us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And don't forget, keep on creating. See you next week.